Hi there, my name is Crystal, and this is the Curious Society podcast. This podcast is for curious individuals thirsty for learning. Hello, curious individuals. Today we will be visiting China. China emerged as one of the world's first civilizations in the fertile basin of the Yellow River in the North China Plain. China was one of the world's foremost economic powers within the two millennia of this earth with their political systems based on absolute hereditary monarchies or dynasties. It is the world's most populous country wherein one in five of Earth's inhabitants is Chinese. In the last 40 years, they have again accomplished to be the world's largest international trader, bringing their GDP to have one of the world's largest economies to date. With a history of nearly 4,000 years of ebbs and flows of dynasties plus its current communist regime, we will now try to learn and understand more of this country and its behaviors through first-hand experience of one of my friends from outside looking in. My guest for today is Earl. He's one of my best friends, now lives in China, and he's going to tell us more about that. Hi, Earl. How are you? Hi. Hi, Crystal. Good morning and good day to all the listeners out there. And yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing good today. And how about you? I'm pretty pumped, actually, to talk to you. I know um, we've been talking a lot, even though uh, we live far from each other, because I said, you know, you're one of my closest friends and... Um, We've been uh, through a lot also together back in Manila and also now uh, you living in China and me in Costa Rica and I, I want the rest of the world also or for whoever's listening to this podcast um, hear about what you have went through and what you're experiencing in China right now. So thank sure, you. Sure, sure. And, and, I'm, and I'm very excited to also be part of your podcast and congratulations. I think this is one of a very good way to really expressing ourselves and yeah. helping people to get to know and learn more about everything or anything under the sun. So yeah, welcome to Crystal's podcast then <laughs> for everyone. Thank you. Thank you for supporting. But for those who don't know you, um, because like, as I said, no, we know each other a lot already. Um, can you tell everyone else something about yourself and how did you end up moving to Dalian? Sure, sure, Crystal. So my name is Earl Ermita. You can call me Earl. Uh, currently, I'm the head of travel management for Bayer China. Um, and I've been uh, with this company, Bayer, for, for six years now. And um, since when I was in Manila and up until here in Dalian. So I'm still with the same company. Um, and if you're asking me also, Crystal, what's my career journey on how I was able to move into Dalian? Um, it was also a very interesting story for me because, as, as I mentioned, I, I worked with Bayer Philippines um, back then in Manila. Um, and and uh, after a few years, there was also an opportunity whereby one of the strategy for our shared service centers is to change the location from one city to the other city here in China, which is from Shanghai to Dalian. And uh, because of that opportunity also, um, I was given the chance to, to have a long-term assignment in Dalian. And uh, initially, my role was on the source to pay and becoming the team lead back then. And uh, now, after a few years, I've been localized also mm -hmm. and, and signing a local contract here in Bayer, China after my stint also for the source to pay. And, and uh, I applied for the position for travel management and I got it. And uh, and I'm happy to sign the contract and then be localized here in China. So that's that's basically how I moved in 
from from Manila to to China, it was really an opportunity provided to me, um, also by buyers. So I'm very grateful to be here yeah. in Thailand. Such a success story, Earl. Now, um, that's really a wonderful story that you're sharing with us today. And actually, um, as he's, uh, uh, you were actually one of the people who also got me into Bayer. And with the success that you're having, you're also inspiring so many people as well in terms of um, what they can achieve. And um, limitations are limitations, but it's not really short of opportunities. And you're one of those examples that um, you make your way or you do your best and then these opportunities come to you and you make the best out of it. And I'm so proud of you uh, to see you where you are right now. <laughs> sure, yeah. Thanks, Crystal. And, and yours would be the same story as well. I mean, it's really, um, well, it's really conquering those challenges <laughs> and being able to say yes, yeah. and, you know, adapt to, to new opportunities. So I think Um, that's the way to go. <laughs> to further inspire others, um, maybe I know not everything is always easy as it seems to be like what we're saying right now, it's all nice and grand and, and like celebrating in the success, but pretty sure it wasn't also like that all the time. So um, what was it uh, like also when you were first starting out in, 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 in China? What was, what was it like uh, for your first three months there? Mm, good question, Crystal. Um, before I moved into Dalian, I, I was actually sent or doing some business trips already to Shanghai. So I'm, I'm already pre-exposed to the office, previous mm-hmm. office in Shanghai, uh, way back my act- um, before my actual assignment in Dalian. So the first few weeks or months that I actually um, moved or, or, or traveled here in China was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, that was during the pre-assignment phase. So everything was really new, so much fun. It's like, you know, it, it's discovering the country, discovering Shanghai as one of the biggest cities in the world also. Um, it, it's really fun. I think um, I had, uh, I, I traveled around, I tried to look at the city history and what's new. And it's really an international city. So I really enjoyed Shanghai a lot uh, with my business trips. But to your question, mm-hmm. after after a few weeks now that I have to move from Shanghai to Dalian mm-hmm. with, with my actual assignment, that's where things um, sink in. So so to get now serious. I, I really, <laughs> yes, it got serious and then I realized like, hmm, I'm no longer here to just, you know, discover and learn mm-hmm. the city and and, and, um, and and be exposed with a job. Now I'm, I'm really dealing with the with an adjustment period so I had to uh, acquaint myself with the city uh, with the new with the new role that I'm, I'm jumping in with the new people I'm going to work with um, definitely it was um, it was difficult I, I must admit but it is part of the process it, it's a necessity that you have to go through and uh, but um, along the way or along the time as well it, it became better and better mm-hmm. um, And, and maybe uh, how, how can I say it like during the first few months what I really did is to to be aware of, of where I'm living in so so I, I want to make myself comfortable so getting to know the place around where to eat uh, how to go to the office and what's the best way to transport myself and, and mm-hmm. you know um, or, or what can I do over the weekends as well so really making myself comfortable that's the first priority I had and then after that I also went to the church, so one of the few things I asked the agent to, to get me involved or to 
so I can know where to go. It's really where where the church is, where the community is. So um, in my first few months, I also make sure that I, I attended um, the English English mass here. So and then I get to meet new people and, and started to create a community actually. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Sunday was something that I always look forward uh, before because um, meeting the Filipinos there and some of the foreigners as well. And then afterwards, we would have lunch together and mm-hmm. coffee together. And they they were the ones who actually helped me adjust within the city. And they mm-hmm. gave me a lot of tips on what to do and where to go. So it, I was very grateful also that I did that. And with the people around me as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And then that's really... Um... I, I totally agree with what you said and I think it's really important what I mean the transition phase that you described you know, like at the beginning oh this is gonna be fun we're gonna be traveling I'm gonna be in a new place I'm on a discovery mode it's like on you're on tourist mode but then after a few weeks reality hits that, oh wait I am going to be living here for longer term and I think that's really important what you described there in terms of rooting yourself and finding that community I think um, that's really important important in terms of settling down into a new place that you're getting in because you're very much outside of your comfort zone and I kind of felt the same way as well um, when I moved to Costa Rica I didn't uh, root myself as well as you did um, and I think that's one thing that we can share to uh, our listeners today that in any transition especially moving to a different place um, as you said connecting or creating a community and at the beginning really helps you um, get past that transition phase because you are able to make yourself comfortable and start to build a new routine in this new that's environment right. that you're that's in. right that's mm-hmm. that's right crystal but you know actually that's just only more on the personal side right mm-hmm. but also what's happening on the work it's it's also an adjustment that you have to do Correct. because um like when I came to Dalian, I was the only foreigner out of the 400 employees in, in this location. So um, imagine imagine uh, how how I would be able to adapt to that one. So I also went through a lot. Yeah, I went through a lot also. So my team um, was a group of 11. Um, maybe out of 11, three are very good in, in English, but the rest would have very limited English. and. And you know, communicating with your team is very important. <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah. So, so, so I, I really tried to tried my best to also learn a little bit of Chinese so I can um, survive with the practical conversations. Mm-hmm. And then, at the same time, I tried to really talk to my team a lot so I get to understand and know them more. And you know, this is one thing about communication. Sometimes mm-hmm. language definitely is really important if you can learn it that's the best way to, to do it as well. But communication goes beyond that. It's, you can also take on context clues, um, understanding people, your your sincerity. Those those kind of things um, will transcend. Mm-hmm. So whenever you do that, you, you, you really can communicate. So right. eventually those team members I had and then I make sure that I connect with them regularly. I, I get to know them even more and they appreciated me. I appreciated them so, so it was very good um i think that was one of the highlights also in my career um because you know crystal um when you are moving in a different city or in a different country the challenge provided to you that's why it's really part of a development plan of an individual it's because you're not just learning 
to adapt to a new culture, um, but you also need to learn on the technical side of your work, right? So mm-hmm. there, there's so much, so many things happening, and it's up to you now how you're going to make it work. So that's really mm-hmm. challenging, but I think those challenges are worth it because it will make you grow mm-hmm. as an individual and also as a career. I mean, as a person oh. and, and as a career person. Both, both. I, I, I totally agree. And, and I, I really like what you said about communication. For sure, language is like 80% of understanding person, uh, any person, but then uh, the 20% is in context. And sometimes the 20% can go uh, uh, way longer in terms of connecting to people because you're also opening up yourself more. And, and that's how you get accepted uh, into that community and you also accept them. And that's where you can also learn from each other furthermore. And as you said, growing into um, as a person or both in your career or, or in your character as well. So I think that's, that's really um, inspiring and, and I really like what you said there. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, so, well, um, how is it then with, with all these people that you've mingled with? And as you said, you're the only foreigner in the op- in your office right now. How would you describe then uh, would be a normal life for um, someone who is from China, who's born and uh, raised and living there? How is it like mm-hmm. that? Can you describe in terms of what their normal life would be like? Um, can you also expound a little bit in what perspective do you want to learn about well, the normal in, life? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mentioned in, in the introduction, because like me personally, um, I'm kind of interested in terms of um, how uh, the Chinese people really are knowing that they are one of the oldest um, cultures uh, or civilizations that was uh, established since the dawn of time in, in, in this earth. You can see that they have a, a rich culture and history and there's so much um, that uh, there is uh, to China and I'm interested in terms of how it really is more than just what I see in the movies or these racial connotations that we might have um, uh, with these people and I, I think interested. yeah, yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. go ahead sure sure Crystal. Um, yeah I think okay sure um, China or Chinese people I think um are very hardworking. They're very diligent. I think you would also look at it in, in the history before, before you know, um, Philippines was also conquered. Chinese traders were already mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in our country or in, in most countries, right. right? And in the neighboring countries within, yeah. around China. So most uh, countries. they've been trading. They, they, no, no, go ahead. Yes, they've been, they've been doing business. They've been trading. They, they really work hard. They, they want to earn money. And I think you you can still see and sense that up until now, uh, mm-hmm. people people try to do their best and to, to earn a living and to have a good life. I think um, that's that's a very good um, short description in how I think Chinese people are. Um, and maybe just to briefly describe, um, in most people that I know here, at least for the for those who are exposed in the corporate world, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of them really study hard, just like us, but. They also take a great deal into taking the examinations where if you're go which high school or which university you will be uh, entering into. Mm-hmm. It's really a big deal here. It's like a national holiday, like all the parents mm-hmm. trying to make sure that the, their their uh, children are also well prepared mm-hmm. to to take the exams because that's gonna you know for for them in no way that would define um, their future. So. 
or even so for for um, most families they would also try to earn more so that they can send their their children to other countries to study mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's that's how great of a deal it is for them and uh, you would see that that um, in, in most of my colleagues they have very good credentials some of them would have traveled also in in the Europe or in the US to study do master's degree as well so very very good um, foundation and it's, it's all because they wanted to to have a very good um, work or, or career and in their life so you would see that and you would sense that in, in most people here that they really value hard work and diligence mm-hmm. but I, I can I, I totally agree and with what you said in terms of them ve- being very hardworking and also have being having uh, being so goal-oriented so um, with with right. these uh, with these um, qualities that you see in 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 China that's somehow kind of similar to what we have also somehow in the Philippines um, what would you say that uh, would be the top three things that you like uh, most in China more than just uh, these qualities that you're telling me right now it could also be the place and it could also be other things um, that you that made you uh, like China even more that you're you're living there now mm, sure sure Top three things. Very good question. I think number one, um, Crystal, would be how digital and how technologically advanced China is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would compared realize to, that compared um, to the Philippines, that, that <laughs> Maybe. compared to actually compared to the to most part of the world, you you would um, you would imagine that here when we say technology, it's mm-hmm. not just given to the rich it's not just given to mm-hmm. those who mm-hmm. can access Afford. it mm-hmm. but i'm talking about everybody can access it here in china everything like for example num- number one is payment right mm-hmm. payment everyone just does it um even the small vendors by the street if you need to buy a fruit um it, it would if you handing them 100 rmb it would be so weird for them and It seems like it's their first time to look at the Cash. real money, because right now, right now they just you just have to pay them in QR codes by using WeChat Pay and AliPay. So mm-hmm. here, you know, old people, the young people, they just use technology a lot. And uh, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I understand in a sense that, for example, um, AI mm-hmm. kind of technologies it is available anywhere else in the world, but how? How they make it accessible and everyone can afford it. Mm-hmm. That's that's the scale that China has achieved. So, I, I really like that it's digital because how convenient it is. The information, um, the exchange of information. I mean, um, mm. how you buy things and and how you also socialize. It, it's really very digital, and, and I'm happy. And it's it's uh, when when I came here, I couldn't I couldn't imagine how it is. But when I when I came here and had the first access to do uh, an electronic payment, I was so happy. We, <laughs> I don't have that in the Philippines. Like I don't know. Maybe we do, but not as much. That's I think I think in in a way because also of the the pandemic, it's it's starting to pave way to push yeah. most countries to adapt to that kind of but, digital ways. But it's kind of difficult. I mean, um, that you you actually mentioned something really important there that you said. Uh, 
more than just it, uh, more than China being just technically advanced, everybody can afford it. Um, let's say in the Philippines, if we do have some, something like that, it's not uh, readily accessible to everyone because not, not everyone can afford a smartphone, let's say. Um, mm. I don't have a direct opinion about uh, how communist regimes are um, because I have no idea and I don't have also much information about how those how that um, government system goes. But I think uh, with that in place, somehow that made it more affordable for everyone so that they can have access to it. But I don't know, do you know or can you share more about that based on what you've observed also? Or like uh, making it accessible? Because yeah. you know how steep the competition also in China, right? So. Um, there's those big giant corporations doing electronics mm-hmm. and of course those smaller ones trying to make themselves big as well so they try mm-hmm. to compete with each other so because of that kind of environment also they are forced to make sure that yeah. theirs also are affordable so I think um, it's not really just a run uh, maybe it's also a push in a way from the government, government which yeah. is good by the way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but also you will see it it's because um, that kind of competition that exists okay well so, other and, than and, 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 mm-hmm. and going to my second point because yes. you asked for three things right yes. so that's right. only I was gonna point. go no no I was gonna <laughs> go there but thank you go ahead <laughs> so it's a very good segue also because my second point is I think um, China is very well organized and fast paced so mm-hmm. I think the intention of why everything is digital and technologically advanced it's because the mindset of um, people here that they want everything to be fast and instant automatic so so you can feel that right so so in, in people's lifestyle as well um, well organized in a way because I am really happy to see how at least where I'm living in right now in Dalian mm-hmm. it's, it's a very clean city um, and and the, the the traffic rules are 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 strictly abide uh, abided by the by mm-hmm. the citizens. So no drunk driving here, definitely for sure. And you will <laughs> see it like uh, they are reinforcing it. So it's it's really good. <laughs> so the third point would be the variety because I think um, China is so huge. As you said in your intro, China is like one fifth of the overall population. So twenty percent of the world's population are Chinese mm. or in, in China. So you would see here so much variety of different culture, um, so many places to visit, different kinds of food. Like like what I'm just saying now in culture, um, culture could also be different in the northern part. Mm-hmm. It could be different in the southern part of China. So mm-hmm. it's quite interesting and, and some, some cities would have a mix of that. And and it's really interesting. You cannot you cannot box in um, Chinese yeah. as like this because it's so huge. Um, it's like a Pandora's box. No? Yes. You never know what you get. Places that I've mentioned uh, also because of the huge geographic location of China, mm-hmm. yeah. it can also change. You know, um, for example, Other... the southern is hotter or. And, and now I'm living in the northern part near Korea and Japan and Russia. It's very cold. And today it's just we, we had a blizzard. So, you know, it's snowing. Yeah, we maybe in the south, it's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and in the south, it's maybe beach and sun. So, you know, that's really quite interesting to know. And food as well. You know, the, the food that we've been exposed to, like mm-hmm. in Chaoqing, for example. <laughs> uh, 
And when I arrived here in the in the northeastern part, which is Long Bay, the food are also quite different. So oh, really? You'll be surprised. Yeah. There's there's so much also. To, we we probably have like one version of like Chinese takeout type thing, and like yeah, that's not actually Chinese really. I would say if you would be living in China, you would there would be a lot more to that what to what just we see in terms of Chow King, as you said, or maybe in the U.S. Um, Panda Express, which is basically Americanized right. already. So that's very interesting, Earl. Um, you've colored China so much, and you've really um, given us a lot of insight in terms of how good and how nice and how um, exciting it would be into China. Uh, how exciting it would be living in China. But um, from all that you've experienced there, from all the things that you have also described and you've also talked about today, if there was one thing that you could change in China, what would that one thing be, and why? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> if there's one thing, if there's one thing that I can, I would like to change. It's really opening, opening up the, like because I've been using VPN, right? So <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> right. I, I needed that to be able to access uh, Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. or Netflix, mm-hmm. and my Spotify. So it's really important for me. But um, if I could change that, then maybe yes. But actually, um, if you come to think about it. Uh, how China it is today. It's also because of those strategies that they've put mm. in place. Um, China being uh, becoming a superpower country as right. well. Um, it's also a trial and error for them mm-hmm. um, for for several years. And you've mentioned it at the very beginning. You know, one of the stronghold civilization, um, and and of course they 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 went through a lot the hardships. And now they're also enjoying um, all the hard work and all the strategies that they put into as a communist um, mm-hmm. country. They're all ripping up, uh, ripping out the the benefits of their strategy. And and how you see China now has evolved a lot. So, if you really ask me on that question, I wouldn't change um, um, really something on that because I think China is China today because of those things. Mm-hmm, right. Well, I guess uh, that's the trade-off uh, in terms of uh, them getting the techno, uh, the organization, and also the efficiency that the country has. These are the, the one of those trade-offs. And unfortunately for us uh, or for you, let's say that who's also into those social media, that that's something that you would have to give up and find creative ways for. But still, nonetheless, um, it works out because as you said, there are a lot more things that uh, you are reaping from these restrictions, let's say, in, in other aspects that has um greater returns overall for the country so correct correct <laughs> all right well um that is uh, as much as i would like to keep talking with you Earl, because we always talk for hours but this is uh, <laughs> all the time that we have left and i'm so happy that you have joined me today and that you've shared so much uh, about china and your experience there and also letting people uh know of your success story and um just being open and Uh, finding that comfort outside of your comfort zone can definitely uh, turn into a an opportunity for growth. Um, yes. Is there any last words or anything that you would want to uh, say before we end? Yeah, maybe um, because I think what I can try to do is provide some advice for mm-hmm. those people who will 
who wants to move in China, perhaps. So there are three things that I want to share. Number one, have an open mind. Because me coming in in China with all the things that I've heard from the social media or for or or maybe some friends, it's really different. Um, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. happy when I came here because it changed my perspective and, and changed my mindset. Um, so when you come to to China or in any country in that situation, always have an open mind because we we, ha- we are living in a different culture. So enjoy that kind of diversity and yeah. change that you will go through. Number two, be adaptive. Of course, you'll have your opinions about everything and how things are going to or, or need to be done. But at the end of the day, you need to adapt and, and survive, right? So, so um, be adaptive. I think that's that's the second point. Third is take charge of yourself and do your best. Um, here in, in China, as, as what I told you, they're very hard workers. And people will know if you also work hard or if you're slacking off. Mm-hmm. So, so what what I'm trying to say is that when you're in another country, take Pinoy pride. So right. take the Pinoy pride with you and work hard and and shine as as best as you can. And um and whenever you do that, the country will try to embrace you and take care of you as well. So yeah. All right. Thank you, Earl. So remember, guys, uh, words from Earl: be open, be adaptive to survive, and take charge. Thank you for listening. Yes. And um, always remember that you're never too young or too old to learn something new.